broadcasting from the Stolen Droids Hangout and discussing everything that has been taking place in the geek world over the past 168 hours. Well, give or take, it's the Stolen Droids Podcast. Hello and welcome to Stolen Droids Podcast, episode number 252. I'm Zoner. I'm Zook. And it is, uh, well, it's late Sunday. It's been a busy, busy week for me. I don't know how your week has been, Zoner. It's been busy, but you know, it happens and you know, the nice thing about the two of us doing the show at this point is we are able to be flexible, like a yoga person. Yes, yes. We are the podcasting yogis. Trust us. That's not really a title I want to keep, but uh, <laughs> it means I'm going to be uh, mixing this podcast down pretty late. Um, hey, and before we go any further, we want to give a shout out to our friends over at trekradio.net, kryptonradio.com, openbookaudio.com, and stitcher.com. Not to mention the fine, fine, fine Canadian friends over at 4814 web hosting, 48-14.com, the best web host planet hosts. Wow, web hosts on the planet. Told you it's late. See, what's happening there, Zook, is your brain is just coming out with the words faster than your mouth can happen them. Yes. <laughs> That made sense to me. Yeah, it made perfect sense to me, which is why I said it. And I know yeah. that people listening are probably thinking, the crap did he just say? But yeah, I know exactly what I said. It's been it's been a madhouse going on here in, in Shay Zook. Uh, so uh, we're lucky we have an episode this week at all. Because, yeah, I'm not doing the solo episode. It's just, it's not happening. Oh, you was. I did it. Can't you do it? I could, but it's not happening because I know better. I, I love our listeners to the point that I would not inflict that upon them. Oh, true. True, true. Um, we have some feedback, I think. Maybe it's feedback. Uh, it comes from Nathan. Uh, he writes, uh, Temp very Apple. I don't know if that was a typo or if that's on purpose, but he says, In a recent speech at Liberty College, Donald Trump claims that he will bring Apple to the U.S., he thinks that when he becomes president, he'll be able to open factories in America and force Apple to make their computers here. Nathan. Um, yeah, I saw this actually, uh, when he, when he said this, when Trump said this, first off, people need to understand, and this isn't me being political. This is simply the truth. Donald Trump has no clue how things in the real world run. He just doesn't. Do you remember when, um, when he claimed that uh, if he were president, this is before actually the 2016 presidential race even started before he, back when he was still saying that uh, Obama was a Kenyan uh, and that he also pointed out that if he were president, he would take us back to the moon and even build bases there. Completely forgetting the fact that that's illegal. You can't do that because of some treaty we have that says nobody can colonize the moon. Yeah. Okay. Um, there are certain things that we cannot colonize. We cannot colonize Antarctica. Yes. So this is just kind of how things are. Well, you also can't make companies make things in certain areas. You cannot force them to only do business in certain areas. Uh, you could if perhaps you were a little bit more communist and now, the company happened to be owned by the government. If Correct me if I'm wrong. And I don't want to delve into a giant political rabbit hole tonight, but isn't that kind of what the Axis powers were doing back in the World War II days? Yes. I mean, that I, I believe that the term for that is fascism. Yes. Yes, it is. And, you know, everybody says, oh, well, this person's a fascist or this person's a fascist. I don't think people understand what fascism is because exactly what Donald Trump is proposing repeatedly is the very definition of fascism as I understand it. If I'm wrong, please feel free to correct me. I'll, you know, tell me I'm an idiot. I'm cool with that. But is the, my the, understanding. Yeah. The thing that's really funny about this is, is because he obviously has no clue how much it costs to bring labor to the U S if Foxconn went under and Apple decided to bring all iPhone manufacturing to the U S an iPhone would go from costing $650 to probably closer to $1,300. But we know that the iPhone only has like 87 cents of hardware in it right, because right. China. So <laughs> it costs Apple like a buck 23 to make and they sell it for 600. So obviously there's, there's problems there with capitalism and the free market. So we need to just shut them all down and tell them what to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think Donald Trump is an idiot. 
And yeah. I, I do think he has some basic grasp of economics and and how businesses work. But you got to remember the guy's bankrupted, what, four companies? I think he's gone bankrupt four times with his companies. But personally, he's never gone bankrupt. But his companies have. Well, the thing that's very important is, is don't listen to tech advice from a real estate mogul. I think that that is the real takeaway here is people, you know, it's funny. We joke about this being IT people and and being uh, in the tech sector, but IT is like the worst department to work for because nobody acknowledges what you do for the company. Nobody wants to pay you for what you do for the company. And in the event that something goes wrong, it's all your fault, despite the fact that you don't get paid and you don't do anything for the company. I mean, right. and and that's being the blame comes from guys like Trump. They don't understand what we do in this in this section of reality, and so taking advice from them is not smart. No, not at all. Now um, we do have quite a few headlines we need to get through. The problem is, is that because it's been such a hectic week, um. Yeah, we may not have a whole lot to say on any of them. <laughs> so we may have an abbreviated episode. Hey, well, knows? I have something we can talk about there. <laughs> okay, so our first one comes from, of course, a lawsuit. At least it's not a security breach, right? Um, well, no, never mind. We have one of those, too. We'll get to that later. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, wait a minute. We got a really bad one here. Mm-hmm. So Let's- Google and Oracle have been at it in the courts for quite a while. We've talked about this since almost episode one, I want to say. It's been going on for five years. Um, Oracle claims that Google used Java without a license to develop the Android operating system. Google has said, no, we, we didn't. We totally didn't. And even if we did, we don't make that much money, so there's really no point in in, in suing us for it. Uh, Oracle has come back and said, yeah, um, we estimate you've made $31 billion with Android so far. And this is just like in what, like the last five years or something? That's a lot of money. And, and $22 billion of that is a profit? Now, well, how are they make this money? Well, it, it, they say it stems mainly from advertisements that you see on uh, devices and apps and Google Play Store. Now, immediately, Google says that they need to hide that. They are appealing the judge to not make that information public. They don't want anyone to have any more information on that. They say, quote, non-public financial data is highly sensitive and public disclosure could have significant negative effects on Google's business, end quote. Um, how I don't know why. How could that negatively impact Google's business? I don't understand that. Well, it's funny because I'm reminded of all... Apple events, you know, and they still do this. Steve Jobs started this and and Tim Cook continues it where they say, you know, we've sold X amount of apps. Uh-huh. We have X, you know, we have Y amount of apps in the app store. We have sold X amount of apps. We have paid developers Z amount. You know, that's money right to the developer's pocket. I don't think I've ever seen a presentation where Google says that. I could be wrong. I don't watch all of the, all of the, uh, um, press conferences, but I'm fairly certain Google has never come out and said how much money they've paid developers. Yeah, I can't recall that either. I think, you know, they come out and they say, oh, yeah, this is what we're doing and this is where we've been and this is where we're going. But there's never dollar signs attached to that. Right. Uh, it could be, and again, I'm spitballing quite a bit here, it could be that Google is worried that if developers catch wind about how much money they're taking from the sale of every one of their apps, it could lead to a mutiny. From the developers? Yes. Okay. And and there's reason to think this. Um, It goes into another one of our headlines, actually, where for 2015, um, it was, and of course, oh, there it is. Yes, it's the next one. Hey, yeah. Um, (laughs) App Annie went and did a review of it and found that Google Play saw 100% more downloads from, you know, Play Store apps than Apple's App Store did. Well, that's huge, right? More people are downloading apps from there than the App Store by by a very large margin. But Apple's App Store in general pulled 75% more revenue for the company than Google's did. There's a reason why. Zoner, do you know what the reason is? 
hipsters and disposable income and the perception that all Android users are ghetto trash? Well, yes and no. And part of that isn't a perception. Part of that is truth. Um, not ghetto trash per se, but if you're on Android, there is definitely a perception there that people don't pay for things on Android. Which is, yeah. And I think in the early days of Android, that was probably true because Android was an open source platform. It was, you know, it was supposed to be open and free. And so the early Android adopters kind of took that and ran with it. Whereas Apple has never been that way. Well, yeah, I remember when I first had an iPhone. I had an iPhone 3GS, and then I had an iPhone 4, and then I moved to Android. And my iPhone 4, I bought Angry Birds, because it wasn't free then. Mm-hmm. You, you could have the free one that had ads, but uh, it, it wasn't very good. And on such a small screen, it was honestly a pain to play. So I paid $0.99, cents and I bought the game. Yes. And I viewed it as a good, a good purchase. $0.99 cents is nothing, and it was a really fun game. When Angry Birds came to Android... It was also 99 cents, and no one bought it. It died. No one bought it. They had the free version as well, which was chock full of ads, but you can get ad blockers. Yeah. So people got the free one, and that's all they, they, that's how they went off. Now all, um, they, they, Rovi, Rovio has learned, and all Angry Bird games are always free, but they sell power-ups and add-ons, and you know they make their money elsewhere. With in-app purchases, which are... I hate in-app purchases. Mm-hmm. Can I tell you a, a, a small confession here? How how much have you spent on Clash of Clans? Oh, no, no, not Clash of Clans. There's a new game that is my favorite this week. I've dropped $20 in a week on this stupid game. Are you kidding? Oh, I can't stop playing it. Uh, I think we, I have a problem, Zoner. Do we, do we need to do an intervention for you? I think I need help. Oh, much sadness. Now... So what if developers who are getting more downloads and more installs per year than Apple App Store but are making less money from it catch wind of how much money Google has made off them? Yeah, that's a big deal. I can, I can see their point there. I can see their point there. And, and to be honest, if I'm being perfectly honest, people out there who are listening who use Windows uh, and the Windows App Store, the reason why it's failing is because stupid developers go in and make half-baked products that cost $5 each. Oh yeah, yeah. That's bad news. I want I I pay for Android apps regularly. I I do it all the time. I've never paid for a Windows app. Never paid for one because I yep. look at them and the the ones that are free I don't even like because they're just not well developed. Yep. So, Sad. It, it really is. You know, I think that that's very interesting though. How just how much more people will download from Google play compared to iOS. But the revenue thing is just shocking to me that iOS is still that far ahead of Google play in terms of revenue. But a lot of these developers are making their money from blasting ads in their apps there. And so they don't necessarily need to sell the, sell the app to make it successful Mm -hmm. for them. I mean, Rovio is a perfect example. And then I mentioned in-app purchases, I think that in-app purchases are going to kill mobile gaming. I think mobile gaming is not going to survive because this pay-to-win is complete garbage. You know, you look at an app, and I've I've had it for my favorite on this show, Star Wars Card Trader. Brilliant idea. Trade digital cards. A lot of fun. Well, Topps has taken it to the extreme, and they're saying, okay, well, you can buy a one-card variant, 100 bucks. It's a freaking JPEG. I'm not spending a hundred bucks for a JPEG. I'm sorry, but that's how the whole app has gone. And I see that in a lot of these other mobile apps and these games where if you want to quote unquote win the game, you've got to pony up hundreds, if not thousands of dollars for a freaking mobile game. That's stupid when you really stop and think about it. Yeah, uh, I've noticed kind of the escalation of in-app purchases. It wasn't long ago when I remember, okay, yeah, maybe I want some gems or I want some, you know, whatever the in-game currency is. And, well, hey, look, you could buy this. It's $1.99, or this one is $5, or this one is uh, $10, or this one's $15. Yeah. And you're like, ooh, $15. That's for, for an in-app purchase, I, I, if I was rich, maybe, yeah, I'll stick with the $5. 5 is a good, you know, 
That gets me quite a bit, but it's still low enough to be considered a, an impulse purchase. Now, though, many of them have uh, denominations going up to $100. Yeah. yeah. It's like, why is that even an option on there? Are you really hoping my kid's just going to hit that and you can go with it? Well, and the thing is, people do it. There's, I mean, on Star Wars Car Trader, for example, I on their subreddit, I've seen people talking about people spending thousands of dollars on this app and everybody knows who these people are and they're the ones who are keeping the game afloat and it's absolutely ridiculous scopely who develops the road to the walking dead or walking dead road to survival game it somebody got in and started looking at their code and they keep coming out with five star characters which are like the elite the best whatever but you, they calculated that even on a double drop weekend, where if you spend the coins for them, you have double the chances, you still have less than a 1% chance to actually get these characters. And people are spending thousands of bucks, and they don't care. I want to be the guy that can spend thousands of bucks and not care on a mobile game, but I'm not. And I think that it's ultimately going to destroy the whole mobile gaming industry. And then where are these app developers going to be? So what if Google's making all these billions of dollars off of them. If there's no industry, you got nothing. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Yay. And then also in the Android and Linux front, there is a zero day security flaw an exploit. Uh, it, now it's a Linux flaw, but it's a Linux flaw that happens to affect directly affect Android. Uh, it's estimated about two thirds of all the Linux devices out there are actually affected by this. And ironically, it's from a former security feature. Is it really? Yeah. Uh, basically, it gives an attacker root-level access to the machine. Um, it can cause reference to a number, it, a reference number to roll back to zero. It makes the kernel think that the key ring, which is what stores all your passwords, is no longer needed. If the key ring's no longer needed, it basically unlocks the entire phone and the kernel, which runs Linux, will grant the attacker access to whatever they need. Oh, fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, this wouldn't be such a problem except for the fact that, as we well know, uh, most phone developers aren't very quick with updates. And in the U.S., carriers are even less quick with pushing them out. Yeah, they take their own sweet time. It's, mm -hmm. That's a problem. I really think that that's a big problem when you have security vulnerabilities like this um they, they, they like to point out google would like to point out that uh, they believe all nexus devices are protected from this uh, and further devo devices with android 5.0 and above are protected that's great except for so that means if you have lollipop or above you're fine most people are still running kitkat if not ice cream sandwich yeah, that, that is a problem. That is a problem. But I will say that's one of the reasons why I love my Nexus phone. I I get the updates. I get a security update every month. I don't worry about it. So See, and I'm running CyanogenMod, so I'm running Marshmallow on a phone that's only supposed to have KitKat. Yeah, but, I mean, Android, me. Android 5, that's that should be okay, hopefully, depending on what the developers over at Cyanogen did. Well, no, no, I'm I'm running version 6.0 on a phone that was only developed to run 4.4. Oh, oh, Marshmallow, sorry, I, I brain farted there. I, I could tell, like, I what is Zook smoking? That makes no sense at all. <laughs> no, I, I knew what you were saying. I just confused versions, so. Uh, hey, staying on the phone front here, there is rumors, and now there is video leaked of a new phone coming out from Apple. I have no clue what Apple is thinking. I know exactly what they're thinking. It, it's it's four inches. Yeah, they're coming out with a four-inch phone. You know, everybody complained with the iPhone 6 and the 6 Plus that they were too big. But if you notice, that's kind of the way that phones have gone. And incidentally, tablets seem to have taken a backseat in lieu of these larger screen phones coming out. Which, you know, that kind of hurts the iPad sales, I would imagine. Right. But how many times do you hear somebody say, oh, my phone's too big, it doesn't fit in my pocket? Generally, teenage girls, 
maybe your wife would say that, but I hear it actually more than I care to admit from people that I know. This phone's too big. It doesn't fit in my pocket. This phone's too big. I can't hold it. I've got the smallest hands of anybody I know. My 10-year-old son's hands are almost as big as mine. And I do okay with my Nexus 5. I don't need a 4-inch screen. I really don't. But I think that they're trying to cater to these people who think that that the borderline phablets are just too much. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I think we've left the era of the 4-inch phone behind. I think the 4.7-inch iPhone 6, I think that's honestly about an ideal size. Yeah. You know, 4.7 seems like it's, wow, that's that's only a 0.7 difference. But what people don't realize is that 0.7 on the diagonal adds quite a bit of real estate. Yeah, it does. It's quite a bit of square inch real estate. Um, five, I prefer 5.5. Between 5 and 5.5 is my preferred area. My current phone, I want to say, is 5. Uh, mine's 5.5. Um, I'm looking at a 6 or 6S right now, which would put either 6 inches or 5.7 inches. And that's probably on the biggest I would comfortably use. But that's me, and I know I'm not everyone. I personally think 4.7 to 5 is ideal. But what they're moving down to 4 for... No idea. That's really kind of odd. But I'm sure it's going to be revolutionary and beautiful. Yeah, I think that it's it's so innovative that how can you not go for it? But I mean, you look and and the bigger phones just sell better. That's what's selling. That's why Apple had to jump on the bandwagon and come out with the larger size phones. You know, I've tried typing on a four-inch screen. My first phone had a four-inch screen. Well, my first smartphone had a four-inch screen. It was difficult to type. I don't have big hands or big fingers, and I could not type effectively on it just because it's too small. I've tried typing on some of these smaller iPhones. I can't do it. Yeah, see, and I had a, I had a 3.5-inch iPhone, and I, I was fine. Uh, so that's not necessarily a concern for me, uh, but... Just from a, a, a logistic standpoint, even if the screen size stays the same, having a larger casing means bigger battery, better processor. It's not overheating, more storage, better camera. I mean, everything else we've come to define a smartphone as having, it just gives it more room. So why wouldn't you want that? Is this going to be the version of uh, a C? Yeah, I, I was thinking that. I remember that. The, the 4C or was it the 5C? The 5C. The C stood for crap. I mean, that that could maybe be what this is, just a low-end budget iPhone for people who have maybe. small pockets and even smaller hands. Possibly. For all you small-hand people, Apple has made something revolutionary. I would, I would give Apple total credit if they came out with something like that. If they said that in the announcement. Oh, I would totally go for that. That maybe would be this is, awesome. This would be considered the, the skinny jeans version. <laughs> that's that's what I'm thinking here. I want to. I'm just waiting for the bra version. Maybe that's what this is. The ones that can actually just fit into girls' bras. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. My wife does that. Our, our, our her friends do that. Her sister does that. I don't know why they do that. Remember yeah. when there used to be that that scare that using cell phones would give you brain cancer because you're oh, putting yeah. it right up next to your ear. Yeah. Why are you shoving them down in the bra? Because breast cancer. Don't you have pockets? The phone's too big. I'm so, I'm sorry. You can't put it in your pockets. Your jeans are too tight. Uh, that's hipster problems right there. <laughs> okay. Um, let's move on. Uh, let's do some more kind of fun security news, kind of in a way. So Mozilla had a new CEO that they uh, they announced and they were really, really excited for. And hey, he's going to really put the company back on track. Mozilla, if you've forgotten, uh, is the makers of Firefox, the web browser. Which is still a thing. Yeah. I, yeah. I uh, don't use it and haven't since like version 14, but it's still a thing. Yep. So they, uh, they announced uh, Brandon Ike. I think I'm saying that right. E-I-C-H. Uh, and then they promptly got rid of him. Yeah. <laughs> so that was, I mean, really the, the biggest thing this guy has going for him name wise is that he was the one who was, he's an ex CEO of Mozilla. Well, he's created a new company called uh, brave software and they're creating a new 
browser that has built-in ad blocking. And it's better than anything else out there, he says. It blocks more ads. Everything's great. Um, however, that's not true. It's an ad blocking browser that still shows you ads. So I don't know if this is broken or what. But it won't show you invasive ads. Um, so, yeah. I mean, de- define invasive because to me, any ad is really invasive. I don't like ads at all. Uh, my favorite is the fact that uh, it will block certain ads, invasive ads, at the source and simply not show them and instead fill the space that they were once with with um, more agreeable and anonymous alternatives. So let me get this straight. If I go to a website, say you go to Stolen Droids and you have this browser and it's turned on to block all ads. So it strips out all the ads that we've put on Stolen Droids. Money, you know, ads that take you to our sponsors who we believe in and we would get paid for. Well, instead, I shouldn't say we believe in them all because we do have Google ads. Yeah, we and, do have a Google ad location there on the sidebar. Yeah, and I don't necessarily believe in like Thai dating sites. So you get those too, huh? That's weird. I do. It's really weird. I can't I figure that one out. I, I have no idea where that came from. Hmm. Um, but so let me get this straight. It's going to strip those out and put in their own more agreeable ads. Well, are we still going to get paid for them? That's an excellent question. Or did you just basically hijack our site and now you get to show your ads? Because that's what it seems like to me. It seems like this is more of a, almost like a virus. <laughs> is this really secure if they're going in and and stripping out the code from that your site is sending and replacing it with their own? Uh, isn't that like malware? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's uh, what we call it, actually. And so, I mean, but hey, they, they are, quote, laser focused on protecting users' privacy. Yeah, I don't think so. Not so much. I think they're looking to make a quick buck. Mm-hmm. And I would not put this on any device ever. Um, hey, speaking of ads, which is really what this episode's all about. We do have a lot of hour. ad noise. We do. Yeah. <laughs> it's the super happy fun time ad hour. There's a show title. Is that short enough? Oh, it'll it'll fit. Yeah. Oh, you're you're going to type that in there. <laughs> so Verizon has introduced a new way to give you ads. And I think we talked about this a little bit when they were discussing it. Hmm. Um. This is uh, from Droid Life, and I love the way they start this article off. Uh, quote: Verizon hates the idea of net neutrality because, well. Money. You already knew that, though. But let's say for some reason, if you didn't know that, maybe their new program will finally hammer that idea home. It's called Freebie Data, and it's sponsored data service aimed at creating paid-for lanes or bundles of content by marketers and businesses for you to consume at no charge. End quote. Okay, in case you missed what that is, it's basically saying, hey, if you want to use data and you don't want to pay for it, well... Comcast here is one of our sponsors, and they'll sponsor your next 30 minutes of data browsing free of charge. And all you have to do is watch these ads. Oh, by the way, Comcast may also have control over how well you can browse and what you can go see. And Comcast or Verizon? Well, I'm, no, no. This is Verizon selling you. Oh, okay. Hey, Z- hey, Zoner, you are all out of data this month, and you can either pay us $30 to uh, increase your data cap or... If you agree to have the Verizon experience as presented by Comcast, this will give you another hour of mobile data, and you're just at the whim of whatever Comcast wants to show you. Yeah, I I think that you know my first experience, or my yeah, I guess my first experience with the Verizon experience on a smartphone was when I got my Droid Incredible Two, and I promptly discovered that it had the Blockbuster app. Blockbuster had declared bankruptcy and begun closing their doors like three months prior to me getting the phone. That app did not get opened one time, yet I couldn't uninstall it because Verizon. So that's why people root, y'all. That's mm-hmm. that's why we root. But I don't see this ending well. Well, this is what I just described as a very... Uh, that is its inevitable termination. That is where it's going to go. Right now, when it, on launch, and it'll be launching here soon, uh, if you're on Verizon and you are browsing the web, you're going to see a B icon uh, on different spots around the web. And when you click on it, if you go there, it's not going to use up any of your data. 
I oh, I don't know. It, it's almost like they're doing this to try and combat T-Mobile and their unlimited streaming and binge on and all the stuff that we've discussed over the last couple of years with them. That's kind of what I see this in response to with Verizon. Mm-hmm. But part of me is thinking this is just going to violate so much net neutrality rules that it's not going to survive. I, I think, I'm, I think somebody's going to file lawsuits and it's just not going to end well, but because it's Verizon, we're going to be stuck with it and laws will change. And yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm fairly certain that the FTC has really grown a pair when it comes to going up against the mobile carriers. Let's hope so, because, you know, I don't like net neutrality. If Verizon wants to do this, hey, more power to them. It's, you know, it's their business. They can do what they want. And if people like it, they'll go for it. If they don't, they won't. That's kind of my thinking. But I just think that we're ultimately going to, I don't think it's going to last very long. Yeah, indeed. Um, Okay, into, oh, let's go exploding hoverboards. They're always good for a laugh. We have talked about these, but it just kind of gets gets better, doesn't it? <laughs> if you can define it as better. So I, I kind of put a joke into the title of this one, but uh, in truth, uh, there were a lot of hoverboards bought on Amazon, and Amazon is offering refunds on all of them. And we should make note that these aren't actual hoverboards. They're handleless segues that somebody decided is should be called a hoverboard, even though there's no hovering involved, man, that bothers me. That bothers me more than it should. I think. (laughs) Yeah. Um, it's also, it's not because of the fires necessarily. I mean, it's partially because of that, but also, uh, there's been a lot of reports of injuries because they're just simply not very safe. They're not built very well. I mean, so let me get this straight. This this device can handle the weight of my child and tell if they're leaning forward or backward and use that to propel them. Well, that's great. How about me? Because I weigh 10 times as much. No, it's not true. Five times as much <laughs> as my I child. Say, holy cow, you've either put on a lot of weight or your kids are tiny. <laughs> I'm made of dark matter primarily. Um, <laughs> that's why I've never had a broken bone. <laughs> Madamantium. You're just too uh, dense. Hey, I didn't say that. Hey, (laughs) we'll be here all night, folks. Uh, But so if this thing is strong enough to take me and I'm 290 pounds, doesn't that mean that it should scale up pretty quickly for my kids? It's going to take off on them, right? One would think. Well, and and, and it has actually. Um, So there's plenty of videos. All I have to do is uh, search online and people falling them off. Then there's the explosions and the fires. Yes. Yeah. Now, did you see, speaking of falling off videos, did you see Mike Tyson? He actually posted a video of him riding one and he, he ate it hard. Guy hasn't been hit like that since he was in the ring. (laughs) When you say he ate it hard, I just thought of like him biting someone's ear off. Well, (laughs) funny story. That pay-per-view was actually my first date with my wife and she still married me. Wow. Yeah. Surprising, huh? Indeed. So, but yeah, they, I mean, these things are crazy. They had a fire recently that just earlier this week killed two dogs caused by these, these, and it's not even when you're using them, they could just sit, be sitting there and like explode into flames. I mean, <laughs> just by staring at them, they yeah. just stare back and then boom. <laughs> now it's, I'm, I'm curious to know, but Amazon has money. Okay. They're not, they're maybe not be Google rich, but they're definitely better than Blackberry rich. So <laughs> nice little dig there. Eh, you know, we got to get him on with the show somehow. Uh, exactly. How are, are they going to be recouping this money? Because the manufacturers haven't agreed to refunds. Well, they are being, I mean, some of these fires are being looked into by the feds. The government's investigating these and maybe Amazon's just saying, Hey, look, we're going to, this is going to be a bad, there's going to be a massive recall. Let's just jump the gun here. Try and try and get some goodwill with our customers. It's not like they can't afford it. Uh, but a lot of these are just Chinese knockoffs that are being sold. And 
do you honestly think that even if there's a recall, some of these Chinese companies are going to going to take care of it like they need to? I don't think so. So maybe Amazon's just trying to be good guy Amazon. Right. Maybe. Good job, good guy Amazon. Yeah. Now, you know, it's funny because this article has some some safety tips. Number one safety tip, have a working fire extinguisher nearby while either charging or using these boards. Charge in an open area away from combustible materials. Uh, gear up before riding. Put on a helmet, elbow and knee pads, and wrist guards. And then finally, don't use it on or near a road. Where can you use these? I mean, you can't charge them in your house because, let's face it, houses are combustible. Whether it's the floor material, the carpet, or, I mean, whatever. You're going to have a fire if you charge this in the house. Right. Um, on a uh, pile of oily rags in the garage, I think, is safest. That's probably true because, you know, it's not by a road. And we want it in an open area. And, hey, you know, maybe they should charge it in, like, a, a field. dry field. <laughs> yeah, just, just a field. Get, like, a 500-foot a extension cord. And do it that way. I don't know. In but, school. You know, you in school. This, yeah, that's, and granted, yes. I, I hate this news site. I, I truly do. I hate everything about these people. I, I feel that they are just shoddy reporters for the most part. But the way that they're talking here, it's like the number one safety tip should probably be don't buy a hoverboard that's not really a hoverboard. Yeah. I mean, that seems to me to be the number one safety tip because all their other safety tips are like next to impossible other than gearing up before riding. You can wear a helmet. You can wear pads. That's fairly simple to do. But everything else, it's like, how can you how can you do that? I don't understand. And maybe I'm just not I think thinking you're tired. clearly. I, I think you're ranting. <laughs> no, I'm not ranting. I'm very coherent and I know what I'm saying. But... It doesn't make sense to me. Um, you know what doesn't make sense to me? Idiots and their passwords. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five. So um, every year, a password survey is done, or a report on passwords. And it turns out that uh, the annual list of 2015 is just about as dumb as uh, the annual list of every year before it. It's amazing that so many of these passwords are there every time. It just amazes me that people just don't learn. One, two, three, four, five, six is still the number one password. Password is still the number two password. I mean, yeah, <laughs> they did. They did get tricky, though. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight moved up a spot. Well, good job, people. Well, one, two, three, four, five moved down too. I think though that's a that's a false positive because I think actually uh, more security systems now require eight digits, so the five digits are out. Oh, that is true. I hadn't thought of that. I had not thought of that. I was talking with my son about passwords the other day, and he's watched me type my password in. I don't know how many times. He still has no clue what it is because it's so random. Mm-hmm. It's so random. It's it doesn't make up a word. It doesn't it doesn't do anything. It's truly random. Mine is a is an entire sentence. It's not a password, it's a passphrase. Yeah, and you know, I'm just gonna say I hate it when you throw spaces into the passwords because <laughs> those are brutal. I, I can generally hack, you know, the stolen droids passwords if I forget them. But there's always spaces and nonsense if people didn't know this if listeners out there didn't know this yes many sites many systems windows itself do allow spaces as acceptable characters and throwing spaces into your passwords are the best way to keep people off your tail oh, it, password crackers can't run them brute force can't run them it's brutal it's brutal but so very brilliant more people need to implement spaces yeah, people, honestly, go out there and just find your favorite song lyric and just type it in, like an entire sentence-long song lyric. That's all you need. Yeah. Yeah. I, I am happy to see that we are getting some new entries. Uh, the number 11 password, worst password, is welcome. And number 12, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 0. Uh, ABC123 has moved up one spot to number 13, while 1, 1... One 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 is up one spot at number fourteen. 
Is it oh, oh but is it one 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 or is it like one L capital I one? No, it's it's six ones. This one I think is funny. One Q A Z two W S X. You know somebody put that in their key in as their password thinking, oh, this is so original. I'm just going the pattern of the keyboard. I am good. And yeah, no, you're not. You're number fifteen on the stupid list. That's not a list you want to be on. <laughs> oh, it just log in number twenty. Really? Really? Log in? And here's another one that somebody thought was smart. Q W E R T Y U I O P. Yike, you're dumb, folks. That's not secure. Here's how tired I am. I actually tried to sit there and go, what is that? That doesn't seem so bad. <laughs> then I looked down at my keyboard. Oh, right. Okay, never mind. Yeah, top row. Uh, and rounding out. That, the should, top- that should be a key uh, a password. Top row. Top row. Ooh, with a space. Top row, home row, bottom row. Ooh, that works. 10 key. Like <laughs> with a dash or a hyphen. Yes. Um, Star Wars did round out the top 25, though. That is new to the list. The word Star Wars. All one word, no space. I mean, at least throw a They're space They're going to get in sued for that password. They probably will. Disney lawyers are already looking into this. If your password is Star Wars, or excuse me, Star Wars, you are... <laughs> having problems? I can't speak. Star Wars and password are too close. I can't do it. I can't um, do it. It's still, the people who have really bad passwords are better than the people in our next one where, uh, yeah, Shodan, uh, which is a site that goes and scans through everything on the web to find uh, vulnerable ports. And and this is not the first time we've uh, reported on this, but this is the worst. They find webcams, webcams that are internet enabled that have never had the security lockdown on them. Yeah, that's terrifying. I mean, you can log in and you can see images of babies sleeping and who knows what else. I mean. Yeah, so they've actually created a search engine. So you can actually search them now on keyword. And there's like a picture of a guy on the toilet. (laughs) That's if you know you're going to see other stuff. You know it. How many people have a computer in their bedroom? I mean, yeah, yeah, uh, you're you're gonna see everything. This is this is terrifying, and if you're a parent who uses an internet-enabled camera to watch your children, and have not done anything to lock it down, shame on you. You need to not be stupid. Well, okay, I want to get back to that point here, but let's get, hit our last headline. Uh, and that one is about uh, Netflix. Remember when they raised their prices and uh, changed their subscription plans? On some people, yes, but others yeah. were grandfathered in. Yeah, and they said, don't worry, if you're grandfathered in, it doesn't, it doesn't change. It stays the same. Just kidding. Yeah, that, 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 they're about to raise prices on you. Yes. Sorry, Grandpa. Yeah, I, you know, I'm okay with that, though, because I don't pay for cable. You know, it sucks. Price hikes suck, but they give me good quality programming. I watch a lot of Netflix in my life. A lot of Netflix. Yeah. Now, this isn't, uh, this is from Lifehacker, and they point out this isn't a new price hike. Originally, when they said, look, we'll lock in your $7.99 subscription fee for two years, it just so happens that time's up. It's been two years. So you actually have the option of sticking at seven ninety nine a month, but you'll only have standard definition shows. You want high definition, you're going to need to go up to, to $9.99. And let's be honest, you kind of want high definition, but only if your data plan allows it. So <laughs> who knows? Maybe this will be built-in uh, uh, throttling for people, you know, keep them going over their cap. Ooh, Comcast will enjoy that. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. so let's go back. I actually have a question for you. Uh, not for you, Zoner, but for the listeners. And it stems from a commercial that we saw just the other day. I've seen it off and on. My family only noticed it this, this weekend, actually. And it was a Chevy commercial where they're trying to prove to people how nice Chevys are now. And it says, look, it comes with all the latest tech. It even integrates with your cell phone. What? Yeah. Apple CarPlay is now enabled on this. And they're like, hello, Siri. And Siri talked back to them. Hey, this is so cool. It's from my, you know, it, it, it integrates with my phone. I didn't know Chevrolet was so technologically advanced. 
And I said, and I, and I blurted out, I'm like, that's just dumb. That's just stupid. This technology has been around for years. And that's when I realized we as a society have grown very, very complacent in our level of technology. And before anyone tries to tell me otherwise, I would like to point out that I use a media center that I built myself using a standard off-the-shelf version of Windows and commercially available parts. And I've had this thing running, not in one variation or another, for 13 years. Media Center edition of Windows has been out for, I want to say, 14 years. And so it's it's just been available. And yet people still come over and think it's just the most amazing thing they've ever seen. They can't believe I have something so technologically advanced. <laughs> That's awesome. And it's kind of like, no, this people, this stuff has been around for forever. Uh, yes, while Apple CarPlay and Google, you know, Android Auto are the most consumer-friendly versions to hit market, I, I'm sorry, but integrated computers that can actually handle your phone input have been around for, oh, geez, nine years now. Yeah, I mean, how how many times have you seen somebody get into their car that's Bluetooth enabled and all of a sudden all their audio goes through their, through their sound system? You know, it's not, it's not new technology folks. This is why I love technology. And while I've, why I've always loved technology for very, very little money, all it takes is a bit of research and a bit of elbow grease. You can have any of the nice features that people have gone out and spent tons of money on. Yes. All you have to do is learn how to do it yourself. That's why I originally built a media center. Okay. That's why I originally got into computers in the first place was because I realized that, look, I don't need to go out and buy the $1,000 computer. I can buy the $500 one with the right tricks and the right tweaks and the right modifications and a bit of work. I can get that thing singing faster than the $1,000 machine. Oh, yeah. But people, it's only satisfying to do that if the rest of you keep up and I keep getting new toys because it's been a while and I'm still stuck. Yeah, true, true. I bring this up partially as a talking point, but also in which we haven't had one for a while, but also because of this whole Internet of Things bad security and the Android bad security. You know, my wife wonders why it is I always upgrade my phone. I'm always hacking my phone. I'm always upgrading it. And the fact of the matter is because... I know that they can do more. I know that these devices can do more than we're being hamstringed by carriers and by manufacturers who are happy to let us stagnate and be complacent with what tech we have. Well, it's really easy for them to not be innovative. You know, we always joke about Apple and their how everything is innovative that they come out with. It's not. That's the thing. I mean, when they changed their port their headphones from the top to the bottom people thought that was just completely revolutionary that's garbage that's garbage is what that is that takes no ingenuity at all and a lot of the stuff that apple has done with their phones is stuff that android phones have had for years well not just android phones and this isn't just that's, to no, start that's, a, that's a brand war but hey apple pay apple pay is coming out and isn't this awesome now you can do tap to pay guess what people we've had tap to pay for Oh, geez. Almost as it's long as long we've time. had Android. Yeah, it's it's been years. It's been yeah. years. NFC Windows Phone launched with Tap to Pay. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not just Apple that does this. It's all the manufacturers. I think a lot of the, the things that we see with Android phones aren't from the developers. It's not from the, the manufacturers. It's from the community that's out there modding and coming out with custom ROMs saying, hey, the phone has the capability to do this, so let's figure out how to make it work. And they implement it into their custom ROM, and then before you know it, it's a standard feature on Android. Well, I wonder, though, because why do you think we've stagnated, Zoner? What, what are your thoughts on it? Why do you think we've become complacent with what our tech can do for us? I think it's because it's easy. People, it's it's easier to not do that. It's easier to not push new stuff out there constantly. I mean, look at, I mean, let's look at operating system adoption. People are still using Windows XP. It's easy for the developers to not come out with new stuff because they know that people aren't always 
quick to adopt it. Okay, so you think it's a reaction to the consumers? I, I think in part it is. You know, people don't, these companies don't need to come out with lockdown security devices, you know, webcams or whatever. Routers are a good example. They don't need to, like, ramp up the security on these because people don't care. They don't know and they don't care. And why come out with a router that is going to take 15 minutes to set up when you can come out with one that you just plug it in and three minutes later you're connected to the Internet? That's a very good point. I think you're partially right. I think it comes down more to money. I think consumers saw the explosive growth of a lot of different things and said, you know what? I don't want to have to pay for that, though. I don't want to have to keep paying for upgrades. That's great. The computers have grown smaller and smaller and take less power and have better and better operating systems. But I don't feel like dropping another $500 on a new ver- new computer that comes with a newer version of Windows or a newer processor or more battery power or less waste. I don't want to have to pay for a new phone that can just do 10 times what the old phone could do. I don't want to have to pay for this so frequently. So I'm fine using technology that's 10 years old. I think there is a large segment of the population that feels that way. And then you've got people like me who will go out and pre-order the Luma routers or Wi-Fi network or whatever they're calling it because of the advanced security and the advanced features that it does offer. You know, I think that there's a segment of the population who wants this, who understands that this is important. And I think there's a segment of the population who, just like you said, they don't see the benefit of spending the money on it. And sometimes those people fall into both categories. I, I personally know somebody who fits both of those very well. But, you know, when it comes to phones or when it comes to computers or something, if it works just fine, why upgrade it? Why put new operating systems? My kids were asking me, they're like, kind of like your wife was, you know, why are you always upgrading your phone? Because I can. That's why. Right. From from and I'm I'm on nightlies. I'm on Cyanogen mod nightlies, which means that they are bringing out new firmware, new ROMs, just incremental patches every day. Yeah, I don't do it every day. I do it maybe once a week. It's like, why do I do it once a week? Because from week to week, my phone may have more features. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And you know, I'm constantly looking for apps that will give me features that I don't have. I'm constantly looking for really anything. I don't run a custom ROM. I, I just run just plain Android. But I'm on a Nexus phone, and so I'm fine with just vanilla Android. And if I can get the features that I want through apps or or um, exposed modules or whatever being rooted, then I can go that way. I'm totally cool with it. Well, I think what we see here is, and I, and I just came up with this, but probably someone else out there has already put it in better words. In fact, it's the internet, so I almost guarantee it. Um, but you have different cultures of people, okay? You have uh, the mainstream goes without saying what they are right they're the ones who when something you know they're probably now using android pay or apple pay um because it's everywhere now and everyone's phones have it it may not work thank you very much android but they have it so that'd be the mainstream right then you have the uh, the early adopters that'd be you and i you were one of the first people i know to reliably use android pay all the time back when it was called isis yes you know, and then SoftCard after that. I tried using it, but it never worked on my phone. Um, I uh, The Media Center would be a good example. I started using Windows XP Media Center Edition almost as soon as it became available. You know, So we, we are early adopters. Then there's the more extreme version of us that I'm going to call the homebrew community. They're the ones who said, <laughs> you know what? My phone doesn't make mobile tap to payments. That's not even a thing yet. I'm going to build that myself. And they build a custom ROM with a custom chipset and a custom program that does it. That's Schmitty. Dude is nuts. It really is, isn't it? Yeah. Um, He's good at it, too. You know, and more power to him. I simply, I I don't see the use in putting so much effort into something that only I will be able to use. Because it doesn't exist anywhere else yet. But, hey, if it weren't for the homebrew communities, we early adopters wouldn't have anything. That's true. But now swinging wildly to the other side, past mainstream, you've got the holdouts. The people who either because they don't want to pay the money or because they don't want to deal with something they don't know or for whatever reason, don't upgrade. They don't join the mainstream. The ones that are still running Windows XP. Yeah, the holdouts. And I've got a message for you people. You are ruining it for the rest of us. 
<laughs> Get your crap together, y'all. Well, because if the manufacturers, like Zoner pointed out, with your thoughts, if the manufacturers see that the holdouts are such a huge population, if there's just such a huge part of the market, then they're never going to advance anything. And if they never advance anything, it's never going to be made mainstream. Which means that you're left with people like me, people who somehow are still an early adopter of a media center that was released 13 years ago and retired a year ago. I'm an early adopter of a failed ecosystem that most people never even knew existed. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing to me. You talk about home theater PCs and stuff. It's still like, that's witchcraft to a lot of people. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, I pay $25 a month for my TiVo. Is that kind of what it is? Yes and no. Yeah. Yeah. So... Uh, I, I want everyone else's thoughts. Feedback at StolenDroids.com or give us a call at 801-917-GEEK. What are your thoughts on techn- technological innovation? Are we stagnant? Have we grown complacent? Am I just being too harsh as an early adopter? Do I see things a little bit differently than maybe a mainstream person would? Do you think things are where they should be? Um, yeah, let us know. And, and before anyone says that maybe I'm just expecting too much, I would like to point out that my last week's favorite was the Tesla. A perfect example of no the technology exists. These things can happen. These things can work. And people just need to demand it. They really do. And if you demand it with your dollars, I mean, sure. that's that's what businesses listen to. They listen to money. Uh, speaking of money, uh, my favorite this week is the game I've paid, played way too much and paid way too much for. It's Star Trek Timelines. It's on iOS and on Android. It's a mobile game. And I have to say, it's probably one of the best video games ever based on the Star Wars, Star Trek franchise. I can't believe I just missed that. It happens. I, I'll let it slide. It's late. It's I, so I late. I won't judge too harshly while we're on the air, but afterwards, oh, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the universe, the, the galaxy is in upheaval. Timelines are getting screwed up everywhere. Mirror universes, prime universes, alternate universes. Everything is going just every which way. And even Q is kind of freaked out about it and it needs help fixing it. And so it allows you to combat different versions of enemies or different versions of allies that you would have seen in other Star Trek universes or Star Trek timelines or continuities. You can have different versions of ships, people from the past, people from the future. It's really a novel way to get the entire canon of Star Trek into one game, and it flows actually pretty well. There's daily boosts, there's uh, space battles, you can choose your own difficulties, you can choose your crew. It's kind of cool. Also, Ensign Wesley Crusher isn't nearly as useless as he was on the show. He's actually quite vital, it turns out, which, you know... So they're not fully accurate. But anyway, check it out. It's free to play. You don't have to buy anything if you don't want. Um, They're still working out some bugs. They're early on in development. But it's honestly showing a lot of promise. So, yeah. Now, speaking of Wesley, did you see Will Wheaton's tweet that went out? I believe it was earlier this week saying, new rule, anyone who says, shut up, Wesley, is automatically blocked. I'm not going to deal with it. I'm just tired of hearing it. Did you see that tweet that... that I didn't. Yeah, Patrick Stewart responded. He says, shut up, Will. (laughs) Patrick Stewart is awesome. Very cool. That is all. Okay, my favorite this week is actually an app as well for Android. I have used a lot of different comic readers over the years. Uh, For a long time, I used Comic Rack. I've used Perfect Viewer. I've used Astonishing Comic Viewer. I've used Challenger Comic Reader. I mean, I've used a lot and probably all of them. Um, I found a new one that I absolutely love and it's called comic cat. It's two ninety nine, So you have to pay for it, which, you know, us ghetto trash Android users don't like to do as we've established, but it's, it's three bucks well spent. Uh, if you do a lot of reading on a, on your Android tablet or on your phone, then comic cat is probably something that you want to look into. It is just very slick. Great, ma- great for managing your, your comic catalog and it is it is just wonderful. So if if you fit the if if this fits a need that you have, then you should definitely check it out. Very cool. Well, that is our show this week. Again, if you have anything you want to add, email us at feedback at stolendroids.com. Let us call it 917-GEEK. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, or Google+. And until next time, cheers. Good day. Good day.
This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.